are in a series this month in January called Getting Personal with God. And last week, we started by talking about knowing God. And we talked about Philippians chapter 3, where Paul said, if anybody could trust their flesh to get to heaven, if anybody could make a case for being good enough to get to heaven, Paul said, I could. And let me show you why. And then in Philippians 3, he lists all of his religious credentials. And then he says, but I count all of those things as refuge and loss and worth absolutely nothing in order that I may concentrate my efforts on gaining something that he calls is exceedingly more valuable. It's an unbelievable great privilege for me to go after what I'm going after. And then he tells us what it was. He said, it is the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then later in Philippians 3, he says, I want to know Christ. And so we're talking about getting personal with God. And what we're talking about is taking God from the religion realm, showing up at church and going through the motions, to the relationship realm. Where it's just religious ritual to its real life relationship. Is God real in my life? And so that's where we're headed. Now last week we talked about some things, for example, about getting to know somebody. Remember? Um, for example, we talked about how do you get to know somebody? So if you and I don't know each other, and we want to get to know each other, what are some things we could do to get to know each other? Um, for example, this morning when, when the girls came in, I noticed I've never seen them before. And I'm so glad they're here. So we, we did one of the things that you have to do to get to know each other. We talked. Great spiritual truth. We talked. So how, how do you get to know people? You talk. You listen, which I told you last week is not one of my best qualities. But sometimes you got to be quiet and just listen. Another thing that you do to get to know people is you got to spend time with them. I mentioned you last week. My wife and I have been married 15 years. In 15 years, spending that much time together, you get to know each other really, 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 really good. You also have to experience life together. Those of your friends or family members that you have gone through all the different mountaintops and valleys and tragedies and troubles and joys and successes, all the people that you experience these things with, every time you go through one of those experiences, you learn a little bit more about that person. Well, it's no different getting to know God. We have to do all those same things if God is going to leave the realm of the religious ritual and become a real relationship in my life. I have to talk to Him. I have to listen to Him. i got to spend time with Him. I have to experience life with Him. In other words, when I get into those deep, dark holes in my life, I can't just take off on my own and lock God out and forget like He don't exist. Well, God can't help me because all He is is religion on Sunday. He don't really work in the real world. Well, 
The reason you don't think he works in the real world, or those that don't, is because they've never given him a chance to work in the real world. you got to take him with you through those experiences. And let me tell you something. Paul even said, I have not, even as great a Christian as he was, and as close as he was to God, Paul said, I have not considered myself to have arrived. I have not scratched the surface of how well I can really know God personally. And that's why he said, every day of my life, I want to know him better. So that's what we're talking about. Now, when you get to know people, we also talked about what we learn about them. We learn what they like. We learn what they don't like. Um, we learn how they respond in circumstances. I told you last week, there are certain circumstances that if my wife gets in those circumstances, I can already tell you what she's going to do. Because I've watched her do it over and over again for 15 years. She could also tell you what I would do. Hopefully she wouldn't tell you a lot of the things I do, but she could because she's watched me do it over and over again. When I get tired and I'm hungry and I'm grouchy and I've had a bad day at work and one of the kids doesn't obey me, she can tell you exactly what I will do. So you, you get to know people. You find out how they respond. You also learn their values. You learn their character, how they respond relative to right and wrong. And you know what? The closer we get to God, and the more we get to know Him as a real person, we also learn all these things about Him too. We learn what He likes and what He doesn't like. And we then become more conformed to what He likes, because that's what we want to do, and we tend to stay away more often from the things we know God doesn't like. But we do that because we know Him. We also know how he responds in circumstances because we've watched him do it in our life over and over and over again. By the way, that's when that worry meter that I always talk about, it, it tends to lower itself the more you watch God act in circumstances in your life. You tend not to worry as much next time because you've already seen what he's going to do. He's done it dozens of times before in your life. So now it's not as big a deal anymore because he keeps on doing the same thing. So you know what he's going to do. And then whenever you get to know somebody, you develop certain things. Let me tell you again what you develop. Number one, you develop trust. You develop a real friendship. All of a sudden, he's not just God. Now he's your friend. He is your heavenly father. That's why Paul said in Romans, we can call him Abba, Father, the term meaning Daddy. That's how well Paul knew him. You also develop loyalties. He's always going to be loyal to us. What he wants is for us to be loyal to him. And the more we get to know him, the more loyal we become to him. You also develop confidence and, more importantly, love. The more we get to know him, the better we know him, the more we're going to love him because you're going to watch him do things in our life that you can't help but love him for. But none of that happens if we don't know God. Now remember, we're not talking about knowing that he exists. Satan knows he exists. We're not just talking about knowing about him. We're talking about knowing him personally. Okay. Now look with me today. At 2 Timothy chapter 1, we're going to go into phase 2 here. And we're going to talk about knowing Jesus. 
Because if we're going to know God, we've got to know Jesus. Because that's how we know God. 2 Timothy chapter 1, look with me at verse number 12. Paul said, that is why I am suffering as I am. Let's stop there for a second. When Paul wrote the book of 2 Timothy, does anybody know where he was? He was in Rome. Where was he in Rome? He was in prison waiting to get executed. 2 Timothy is the last book he ever wrote. If you believe he wrote the book of Hebrews, which we won't know until we get to heaven, I personally think he probably did, but doesn't matter, still in the Bible. If he did write Hebrews, Paul wrote 14 of the books of the New Testament, more than any other writer. This was the very last one he wrote of all of those. Because right after this, he was taken by Nero outside the city of Rome and beheaded because of his faith. And that's why when Paul writes and says, that is why I am suffering as I am, that's what he's talking about. Now, why was he suffering like he was? He said, that is why I'm suffering. So let's back up a verse and let's find out why he was suffering. What is the that he's talking about? Verse 11. And of this gospel, gospel being the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, the good news that Jesus is the answer for our sins. He said, of this gospel, I was appointed. By the way, who appointed him to this? God did. This is what God called him to do. He said, I was appointed three things about this gospel. Number one, a herald. It's literally the word that just means a messenger. It is my job to make sure everybody hears about this. A herald was one, and you may remember several weeks ago we talked about this, a messenger in Bible times, whenever the king wanted to get a message out, they didn't have internet. They didn't have iPhones. They didn't have the Jerusalem Chronicle. They had heralds. The king would write a message on a parchment, seal it with his seal, and hand it to a herald, who then would go throughout the kingdom, standing up on these podiums that had been built for this, and at the top of his lungs, he would read this decree from the king. That's how they communicated. That's what Paul says he was. I'm a herald of this gospel. Paul was basically saying, everywhere I go, it's my responsibility to stand up on the pulpit and make sure everybody hears the message from the king, the king from heaven. That Jesus is the answer to your sins. Then he says, I was also made an apostle. An apostle was one of 13, actually, specially chosen men to begin the church ministry. Dr. Carr talked about it this morning in Acts chapter 2. That the believers in Jerusalem devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Because these were the men given the special gifts at the beginning of the church to begin the church ministry. Now, why, did, why were these people special? Because God gave them special abilities in order to authenticate their message. Because this was their message. doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. Jesus is for everybody. Well, that was foreign to the Jews. Really foreign to the Gentiles. I mean, the Jews didn't like the Gentiles, and the Gentiles didn't like the Jews. And they certainly did not religiously worship the same way. But Paul said, I'm an apostle. I'm one of these specially chosen men to begin the ministry of the church, the body of Christ, where Jesus brings everybody together. And then he says, I'm also a teacher. 
After you realize what the gospel is, that it's for everybody, now it's my turn to teach you how to know Jesus, the one you believe in. And he says, verse 12, look at it, that is why I'm suffering like I am, because I did my job. I represented God, and I told this story. Now, notice what else he says in verse 12, because this is where we're going to focus the rest of this morning. He says, because, or yet I am not ashamed. He said, I'm suffering, but I'm not ashamed. Why? Because. Now, I want you to look at the next phrase. I'm using the NIV, and uh, so that's the, the uh, translation I'm going to read it in. But it says exactly what I'm trying to get across. He said, this is why I'm not ashamed. Because I know whom I have believed. I know who I have believed. You believe in Jesus? Yep. But do you know Him? Paul said, I know who I believe. I don't just believe, I know Him. That's the difference in religion and real Christianity. That's the difference in a religious lucky charm and God really making a difference in my life. Now, we live in the South. We are a part of the Bible Belt. There are churches of every flavor, on every corner, in almost every city in the South. You can go to the most rural town in South Carolina, and you will find three things in every town just about. A grocery store, a gas station, of which sometimes they are one and the same, and a church of some kind. They're everywhere. We got plenty of religion. Let me ask you something. If we got so many churches, then why is our country getting worse and worse? I would say, among other things, that part of the problem is that's all we got is just church. Church has never changed anybody. Church didn't change me. Matter of fact, when I was growing up, church actually provided a venue for me to do things I wasn't supposed to do. I mean, I met girls and smoked things behind the church I wasn't supposed to. I did all kinds of things. And it was church that provided that venue. Church didn't change me. But Jesus did. Now, the true church... Belongs to God and He died for it. But the church is not a building. The church is people. Because that's who Jesus died for. Now, here's what we're going to do. Today, I'm going to take a few minutes and we're going to be done. We're going to talk about knowing Jesus. And, and we're going to begin with the first part of that phrase in 2 Timothy, I know whom I have believed. We're going to focus on the fact that Paul knew Jesus. We're going to answer a couple of questions about that. We'll be done. Then he said, I know whom I have believed. The Bible says that to as many as receive Christ, to those that believe in his name, 
He gave the power to become the sons of God. So next week, we're going to talk about believing God. What does that mean? If I were to ask you, do you believe in God? And you said yes. And then I said, okay, what do you mean? What would you say? I have faith. What does that mean? By the way, do you know faith is not blind? If faith is blind and all we need is faith, then I would challenge you to climb to the top of the steeple of our church and have faith that you can fly and jump off. I'll call the coroner first. Then I want to watch. Because you ain't going to fly, but you're going to make a real pretty colorful splat on our parking lot. Faith has to have an object. So when you say you believe, my next question would be, well, what do you mean? If you say, I don't know, then I would say, what do you believe in? So next week, we're going to talk about what it means to believe. Now, let me tell you why this is important. Because whether or not you know how to believe determines whether or not when your heart stops, you wake up in heaven or hell. It's a very, very, very critical question to make sure we understand. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, That many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I look at them and say, depart from me, you that work iniquity. Don't miss the next statement. I never knew you. That's why Paul said, I know whom I have believed. So, next week, we're going to talk about believing. We'll talk about um, what does it mean to believe, when do you believe, and how do you believe. So, we'll go through all that next week, and I want to make sure we spend plenty of time on it, okay? So, if you get really nervous before next week, and you just got to know the answer, then see me after lunch, and I'll, don't see me before lunch, because I'll probably forget. After lunch, and I'll talk to you, okay? So, I don't think any of you have anything to worry about. But I will tell you one of the things that it will do, because I'm, I'm pretty sure, though I don't know all of you that well... I would feel fairly safe in, in assuming that most of you know the Lord. But here, here's why we need to know what I'm going to teach you next week. There are a lot of people who don't. And a lot of times we don't know how to explain it to them. So that's a big reason why we want to learn next week. But today, how do you know Jesus? Okay, a couple of questions. Number one, can we know God? I mean, can we really know God? Well, evidently we can. Because Paul said he did. And there are a lot of other verses that would tell us that. Number two, is he real? I mean, is he just a figment of our imagination? Is he like AA says, just a higher power? Or is he real? Is he a person? And then, finally, if we can know him and he is real, then how? Alright? So I want you to look with me at um, four passages of scripture and then we're going to stop, okay? First of all, John chapter 1. Turn there with me real quick, John chapter 1, and uh, let's look at several verses here. John chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says in the beginning, if you read 1 John, and, and we will um, in just a minute, we'll read just a couple of verses. 1 John starts the same way. By the way, the same John wrote both of them, the Gospel and 1 John. All right? He begins both of them by saying, in the beginning. Literally what he's doing is he's teaching us the eternality of God. God has always existed. When did God start? He didn't. He's always existed. Well, how do you explain that? You don't. Now, let me remind you, 
if you could explain everything about God, he wouldn't be God. I, I don't want to, de, de, uh, to uh, give my eternal destiny and trust it to somebody that I can totally explain. He's God. I, I can't explain everything about him. That's why the Bible says the just live by faith. We trust his word and we believe. So, John says, in the beginning was the word. Now, here's a, here's a word that we're going to have to figure out what does it mean? What's he talking about? In the beginning was the word. So, whatever the word is, it's eternal. Number two, and the word was with God. And then he says something that really doesn't make sense, humanly. And the word was God. Well, if he was with God, then how could he be God if he was with God? But he was with God, but he was God. But he was with God. But he was God. And then he says, puts it all together, and he was with God in the beginning. So now we're totally confused. What is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. How do you know that? All right, let's keep going. Through him, verse 3, all things were made. Everything. He's the creator. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. By the way, that term becomes very important later on. And that life was the light of men. That word light becomes important to us as well. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Then in verse 6, he talks about somebody else. There was a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came to te- as a witness to testify concerning the light, the word in the light, so that through him, the word, all men might believe. He himself was not the light. By the way, who's he talking about? John who? John the Baptist. Okay. Remember, he was the one that went before Jesus. So when Jesus showed up, John and all the people that had begun to follow him and trust him, John said, this is the Lamb of God, and they believed him because they trusted him. Okay? Um, So he goes on to say, um, look down with me at verse 10. He was in the world, Jesus, though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came as a man, but they didn't realize the world as a whole, that it was really God. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Specifically the Jews, in general, the world. You remember the Jews rejected him. They had Barabbas released and Jesus crucified. Because they didn't recognize who he was. They didn't know him. And you're going to start to see that this idea of knowing him becomes more and more important as a believer. But look what he says in verse 12. Yet, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, what we're going to talk about next week, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children born not of natural descent, wasn't inherited, nor of human decision, it's not because of something I did, or of a husband's will, because the mom and the daddy decided to do something physical, but born of God. We're going to look at that. Next week, when we look at John chapter 3 and Nicodemus, where you have that famous verse where Jesus said you must be born again. That's what he's talking about here. It is a birth that takes place that God makes happen, not us. Then he says in verse 14, this is important because this tells us who the Word is. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. The Word was God, was with God, was in the beginning, was in the beginning with God, made everything, and then He became flesh. Well, what person do you know that claimed to be God and lived in the form of a human being? 
Jesus. How do you know that? All right, I want you to take your Bible and look with me at Colossians chapter 2. And this is the second passage we're going to look at. Colossians chapter 2, look at verse 9. And I'm trying to show you, we can know Jesus, or we can know God through Jesus, because Jesus, first of all, is God. And second of all, he's a real person. I mean, a real human being person. He lived on the earth as a human being. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 9. For in Christ, Jesus, all the fullness of the deity, which is what? What's, what's the deity? What's another word for deity? God. Okay. All the fullness of God. Everything that as a human being I can know about God. All of that was wrapped up in Christ. How? Look at the last part. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in what? Bodily form. How many of you know that the Bible teaches that no human being has ever seen God? You know the Bible says that, right? Remember when Moses wanted to see God, God said, I'd love to, but I can't. Because I'm so holy, and you as a human being, prior to the resurrection and you being glorified in heaven, by the way, you know that's the great thing about heaven, you'll actually get to see God. Because we'll be able to then. We can't now, because of our sin nature. But he said, Moses, I I can't let you look directly on me because my holiness is so powerful. Until you reach that glorified state, you you, you can live. You die. So he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to hide you in a cleft of the rock, and I'm going to pass by, and then I'm going to remove my hand. I'm going to let you see the glow of my glory after I've gone by. I'm going to give you just a little glimpse of the afterglow. Okay? That's really what it was. But nobody has ever seen God. So how is God somehow going to get to know us if we couldn't see Him? If we couldn't interact with Him? He became a man. A man named Jesus. And that's why all the hoopla over the holiday we just went through. Christmas was the fulfillment of what the Jews had looked forward to for several thousand years. Since God promised he would send a Messiah, God in the flesh, he would come down as a human being and live among us. By the way, that must have been really, really important. Because you remember in John chapter 13 when Jesus told his disciples, i got to leave? Remember what Peter and all of them said? No, you're not. We're not going to let anybody hurt you. Peter said, I will die with you. And then he kind of explained it all. No, Peter, you're not going to die with me. You're going to deny me. But but don't feel bad because all of you are going to run from me. I mean, I already know. Why? Because I'm God. I know what's going to happen. The Roman soldiers are going to come and you're all going to take off. But it's okay. I still love you because you'll come back. But he said, I've got to leave. That's when we have John chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled, Jesus said. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. They didn't want him to leave, but Jesus said, I've got to. But I'm coming back, and you're going to get to come live with me forever. 
When I come back, I'm going to take you back with me, and I won't ever leave you again bodily. But bodily, i got to leave you now. i got to go back to heaven. By the way, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to give you the other form of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to put Him inside of you. So not you don't have to worry about waking up in the ship on the sea, tossed and wondering, where is Jesus? Because I'm literally going to be with you everywhere you go. Because I'm going to be inside of you in the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, you know why that was comforting to them? Because they knew Jesus. He was a real person to them. Why? He's God in bodily form. Turn now to 1 John chapter 1. For our third passage, 1 John chapter 1. And let me show you what John says here. Uh, it's interesting. He, he uses a lot of the same terminology. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. That which were from the beginning, talking about Jesus, just like he did in John, the Gospel of John. But notice what he says about him. Which we have heard. Now, now this is not something that, that happens with an idea, a higher power. This is what happens with a real person. He said, that which was from the beginning, which we've heard, we have seen with our eyes. He wasn't a ghost. We saw him. Which we looked at, and look at this, and our hands touched him. I mean, he's real. He is a real human being. God in a body. He's real. He talks. He eats. He sleeps, he walks, he loves, he cries. He's real, just like us. And then he says this, The life appeared, we've seen it, and we testify to it. In the court of human belief, we are here to tell you we are eyewitnesses that Jesus is a real person. And we proclaim you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard. Why? So that you may also have, and here's the word Dr. Carney used this morning, fellowship with us. Remember what he said? It's a close partnership, a relationship, a trust. John says, I want you to have that with Jesus. You know what he's saying? I want you to know him. I want you to know him like we know him. I want you to know Jesus the real person. Not God the religious figure. I want you to know Jesus the real person. And then in John chapter 14, turn there and we're going to stop. John chapter 14. Knowing Jesus, how does that help me to know God? Well, the disciples had the same questions in John chapter 14. So let me show you what he told them. Okay? Now this is the passage we talked about earlier, where he's already, he's told them he's got to leave. Jesus, the person, has got to go back to heaven. He's going to give them the Holy Spirit. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. I'm going to take care of you. I'm coming back. And then he says in verse 6, John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Look at this. If you really Knew me, 
you would know my Father as well. Why? From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and it will be enough. Jesus said, if you knew me, you'd know my Father. You'd know God. And from now on, you have known him and you have seen him. And, and what did, what did uh, Philip say? He said, Lord, just show us God and we, we'll believe you that we've seen him. He, he didn't get it. He still didn't get it. So Jesus had to tell him. Look at verse 9. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Here we are, right back to that same idea. Do we know Jesus? Do we really know Him? We say we believe, but what do we believe? He said, Philip, don't you know me? Even after I have been among you for such a long time, remember what we talked about? How do you get to know somebody? Well, one of the ways you got to spend time with them. Jesus said, I have spent so much time with you, and you still don't know me? He said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing His work. Who is Jesus? He is God in bodily form. So if you know Jesus, we know God. Can I know God? Yes. Is He real? Yes. How do I know Him? I know Jesus. So what we're going to do next week, we're going to talk about the second part of 2 Timothy 1.12. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. Well, in order for us to have salvation, we have to believe. But we need to know what we have to believe. When do we believe it? Is it one time? Is it any time I want to? Do I have to keep on believing it over and over and over again? So when do we believe? And then how do we believe? How does that actually take place? Is it, do I get baptized? Do I pray a certain prayer? Do I say 14 Hail Marys and 10 Our Fathers? I mean, how, how do we believe? Well, the great thing is God's Word answers all those questions. So next week, we're going to talk about what it means to believe. And then, we're going to begin the following week to kind of get a little bit of an introduction. Is Once we know God and we know Jesus, and we know how to believe, then we follow Him. Believing Him and accepting Him into our life as our Savior is only the beginning. So two weeks from today, we're going to talk about following Him. Not following religion, following a relationship. And then, in February, we're going to begin a two-month series on knowing Jesus better. And we're literally going to take the life of Jesus and examine all these different situations in his life and find out what he was really like. How did he respond in these situations? How did he treat people? What did he tell people? Did he ever get mad? Did he ever lose his temper? Did he ever show force sellers in the temple we're, we're going to find out if he was God in a human body did he act like a human or is he not a real example that we could follow because he's God was he some kind of an example that's impossible for any of us to ever follow well of course you know the answer to that is no he is our example, and we can follow. So we want to see what was he like knowing this. Whatever he was like, we could be the same way. That's why God said, Romans 8, 28, and 29, we close with this. For we know 
that all things work together for them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. And we love that verse when everything's going wrong and our life is falling apart. But do you know why everything works together for our good? Because of verse 29, which says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predetermined that we be conformed to the image of his son. He wants us to be like Jesus. So if Jesus can love his enemies, guess what? If I know him, I need to learn how to love mine. Is that easy? For him, maybe. For us, not on your life. So that's what we're going to spend February and March doing. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us your word. And thank you for giving us Jesus, who not only is the sacrifice for our sins and our Savior, but he is you in a form we can understand and know. And so, Father, in these next few weeks and months, May we truly get personal with you and get to know you in a way that changes our life forever.